Good morning. Welcome. Beautiful day. Got a few a few announcements here. First, I want to tell you that at the nine o'clock service, we sent off um, about six, I guess maybe people, wasn't it? About six to the Redbird Mission trip. They were going along with the Aldersgate Church group. Um, the Redbird Mission, you know, is a up in Appalachia area of Kentucky, and it's a very important mission of our United Methodist denomination. And so I was really happy to see Daryl Richforth and a group of people from our church. Uh, we're heading out this morning for a week uh, up, at, up there uh, in missions. A reminder that next week the children sing at the 9 o'clock service. Uh, next week we will finish the Ten Commandments series, but you'll have to attend the 11 o'clock service to hear it. <laughs> this is my sneaky way of trying to get people in both services at the same time. I uh, also want you to know to pray this day for the confirmands and their leaders who are at the Lake Junaluska Retreat Weekend. Uh, they're still there. They'll be returning this afternoon. And kids, remember that we meet in the gym tonight. Handbells are at 515. Everyone else joins us at 530. And also a reminder that the Camp Discovery Vacation Bible School, which is June the 7th, uh, registration is now online at greerchurch.com, greerchurch.com. So if you know anyone, please invite them to, to register and be part of our uh, Vacation Bible School that's coming up. We also have an important ministry church that begins real soon. That's Relay for Life. And Harriet is going to tell, tell you more about that. Um, I want to thank you all for your support of Relay as in years past you um, give financially and you give of your time and your words for our cancer survivors and in memory of those who's, who've lost their battle. Um, I want to remind you that um, the event is May the 15th at Dooley Field, which is where Greer High School plays their games. Um, if you haven't signed up to walk the track, we would appreciate your doing that. We're, we want you to come and walk any time that you can, but we are um, working hard to have someone from Memorial on the track at all um, half hours of the night. Um, you walk for as long or as little time as you can. Um, this. Um, just ensures that someone is thinking about our uh, efforts for to do away with cancer at all time. Um, I hope that each of our survivors have received their invitations to the dinner. If you have not, please let me or Marsha Lee know. Um, there's just been a glitch somewhere. Um, this uh, event will be in a tent on the Chandler Creek side of the stadium, so uh, it would be easy for you to park on that in the parking lot at Chandler Creek School. And if you need directions, again, uh, let me or Marsha or Beth know that, and we'll help you out. Um, I also want to remind you about the luminaries. Um, there's a tear out in the bulletin, but if you would like to have a luminary uh, bag on the track that night, it's a $10 donation for each one that you'd like to have. You can do this in honor of or in memory of a loved one. And um, we've had a lot of support for the T-shirts. I do have some to hand out this morning, so if you have ordered and got a message or a call this week, I'll be in the Northex uh, at the end of the service to give you those shirts. Um, if you haven't ordered and want to, just let me know, and I'll see if I can get another order in. And um, I also wanted to remind you about the contest that will be held on May the 15th at the event. Um, if you uh, children under 12 would like to enter the Disney costume contest, um, we would like to see your princess outfit or your pirate outfit. I'm sure there's something at home in the closet or maybe not in the closet, but out that you wear every day. So why not be in a contest and maybe win a prize? Um, there's also a singing contest Contest, and this can be for individuals or for groups. So uh, if you're so inclined, let us know and we will sign you up. 
Again, May the 15th at Dooley Field, I thank you for your support and for your love of helping our cancer patients, survivors, and those we've lost. Thank you. together. Give us, O Lord, our God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Please be seated. And if there are any children or children here that'd like to be part of the children's time, come on up. Okay. There's a reason I have these socks on today. You like those? Huh? Actually, I did it so I wouldn't forget to do the children's sermon today. It was a way to remind me. And um, I don't know if you remember, but several weeks ago, Mr. Septon was going to do the children's sermon. He came up here and did it, but he told us he had forgotten he was supposed to do it. So this is a mismatched pair. And so I have the other set right here. And I was going to give them to Mr. Septon, but you can see that he decided not to come today. He must have figured I had something going on. But I see his wife back here. He's so I'm going to give them to her to give to him. How about that? Okay. He's at June Alaska with little light of mine you have well, in just a minute the choir is they don't know it yet but they're going to sing sing it for us okay um but before they do i want sarah uh, oh i forgot sarah i wasn't here last sunday but i watched the service on tv on uh computer and um miss rush gave you seven crosses and you were supposed to do something good, I guess, to get one each day. Did you? You got seven. All seven. Okay. And your mother confirmed it. Well, that's good. It's too bad nobody else was here. But before, before they sing, what I want to do is um, I'm going to turn this lamp on I've got back here, or I'm going to get one of y'all to. <clears throat> How about holding that up and turn it on? And then, as you turn, when you, we're, they're going to start, the choir's going to sing first, start singing, and then we're going to turn that thing on, and um, we're going to shine it all over the place. Okay. Turn it on. Whoa, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. What's wrong? It needs to be plugged in. Well, let's try it now.
Thank you. Choir? Okay. Did you know that we, you, there's no way that, that we could have turned that light on without being connected to electricity, right? Well, you know, Jesus had a message for his disciples years ago, and, but he didn't have electricity, and he didn't have lamps. But his message was about a vine. And he was probably talking about what kind of vine? A grapevine. Y'all want a grape? No? <laughs> All right. Well, he was talking about a grapevine. And the idea was that what he told them was that you need to be connected to me, to Jesus. He's telling the disciples this. So that, um, and if you're not connected to me, then you'll wither and dry up, just like, the, just like a limb on a vine or a tree. So um, the message that he has for us is the same. Jesus, who's up there in that picture, is telling us that we need to be plugged into him, connected to him, just like this light and just like um, the, the, the limbs that are on a vine or a tree are. Okay? Let's pray. Uh, and after we pray, I've got, since we're talking about fruit, I've got an apple back here for each one of you, but you have to promise that you won't eat it during the service. Remember what happened to Adam and Eve. Uh, you have to promise that you won't, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> help us to stay plugged in and connected to Jesus all the time, and that we will be good fruit. In his name we pray. Amen. scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. The narrow and wide gates. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is the word of God for the people of God.
couple of weeks ago, uh, Ralph come up to me and said that uh, he didn't know if it was because I was retiring or if he was paying more attention, but that my sermons are getting better. <laughs> well, Ralph, I don't know if it's because I'm retiring or if I'm paying attention to you more, but your children's sermons are getting better. <laughs> Thank you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh, God, you know us. You know us well. And you know that we have come together this day as a congregation of your people to sing glory to your name and to pay our, your, our vows that are due you. We know and reminded this day that you demonstrated your great love for your creation by sending your Son to be the Savior of the world. That same Son, Jesus Christ, called us to love each other as children of a family are called to live in harmony. But, O oh Lord, we must confess this day that even though your love is beyond measure, that we're often afraid of it. In our weakness, we do not love our brothers and sisters, and we so, when we do that, we cut ourselves off from the vine, which is Christ. We pray this day, Lord, you'd have mercy upon us and forgive us our sin and restore us once more that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you might in, abide in us and we may abide in you. And then by that same indwelling of your spirit, you would give us a gift of proclamation so that we may testify to the love of God through Jesus Christ that we've experienced in our life to others in our words and our deeds and our efforts in the world today so that others may come to know you and to be made perfect in love. Yes, Jesus shown himself to be the vine which gives life to the branches. And so we pray now, O oh Lord, that you'd send life and healing power, the healing power of your love and grace to all those who are within our congregation, within our friends and families who may be withering on the vine because they're weak in their bodies or they're troubled in their minds or dry in their spirits. We pray, O oh Lord, a fresh nourishing of them so that they may become whole. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us to accept your good and perfect will, whatever the outcome may be, and that you give us peace for those who are dying. Hear our prayers and send us on our way rejoicing this day. For we've been in the presence of you. And we have come together and with one voice, one mind, and one heart to pray as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship. Let our ushers come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings.
seating. Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 and 15. Part of the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. And gracious God, we thank you for the precepts, commands, and teachings that you've given to us so that we may live in harmony with you and each other and may form a more perfect society. We pray in your name. Amen. No killing. No killing, yes to living. I believe this is a tender command that everyone could agree with. If we did a poll, I'm sure we'd get 99.9%. .9 what do you think? So what do you think God was up to? Well, I believe that God made sure with this command that we know that he wants to set something straight, and that's this. Human life, human life is special to our Creator who created us. All human life. Unfortunately, we haven't shared God's view, uh, or we have dreamed up some real doozy ways to kill each other, like state-sponsored terrorism, uh, nuclear war, euthanasia, just to name a few. Let's just look at a minute at euthanasia. All of you remember Dr. Kevorkian? Made quite a name for himself in this area. You know, giving old crazy Aunt Edna a little push into the grave might not sound like such a bad idea until we realize that someone might think the same about us. No, the good Lord was short and sweet, no killing. There's not much wiggle room or misinterpretation to this command. What we must remember is this. Since life originated with God, and God's name is to be praised throughout the earth, you know what? It takes humans to speak that name in praise. And even old crazy Aunt Edna is qualified to do that in God's eyes. So in my opinion, abortion, euthanasia, war, murder, suicide, capital punishment, all these things shorten the full expression of human life in the praise of God. And I think we must remember that whether the issue is the unborn or the aged, if we are to live or die in God's presence, we are not to exercise full control and self-determination. In the Psalms, the psalmist writes, My times are in your hands, O Lord. We need to remember that. We need to remember that. Now, I know that in our short time on earth, we're thrust into many difficult situations. And not everything is black and white. There are many gray areas. And we may choose a path that rebels against God's Word. And we might make many bad decisions but God's Word does not change. And ultimately, that Word is a Word of grace, as we just sang. We people of God are called to love the ones who fall into sin. We are to pray for their restoration and to encourage them. We are to follow Jesus' command to love our enemies uh, in principle and in practice. No one can be excluded from God's love. We are called to love all people, as God does. So that means we must love the condemned as well as the victim. We must love the enemy as well as the friend. We must love the unborn child as well as the mother. Maybe we can't comprehend how we're to love all six billion, I think it is, people on the planet. But we can learn to love the folks that God puts in front of us each and every day. Those, there is how you love everybody on the planet. You start with the ones you see each day, the ones you know, the ones God puts in front of you. And if we're consistent, if we're consistent in our love and in our 
application of this prohibition to kill human life and Jesus' command to love, then I think we must oppose all killing in all forms. Now Jesus, when he walked the earth with us, in the Sermon on the Mount it is recorded that he expanded the commands of Moses in a significant way. He said, for example, that being angry with someone is as serious as murder. Now why did he do that? Why did Jesus expand the understanding of the commandments? I think it's because Jesus wanted to, to emphasize the, that this sacred worth that we are to God. And for us to understand that our sacred worth is an image of God. And it's important to know and to think about that if we disparage each other in any way at all, we're disparaging the fact that we're in the sacred image of God. Now this can occur in lots of different ways. Uh, for example, it can occur when we fail to teach our kids properly about sex and let them get to the place where abortion is their only choice. It can occur by failing to actively promote peace, causing war to be an ever-present danger. It can occur by allowing conditions in society to exist where people feel they have no choice but to break the law to survive. It can occur by failing to provide the warmth of human love to those whose pain is so deep that they think death is better than life. Whether we like it or not, this is a command that really needs to be rethought in our time. It needs to be reemphasized. You shall not kill is, leaves no wiggle room. Even though the issues are complex, it is not our place. It is God's place to administer justice and to bring righteousness in His own way and His own time. It's our place to pray and offer forgiveness. It's our place to realize that God has tempered His own wrath with us, with mercy, and we should be reminded of that. I think the most important thing I can say to you about this commandment is for you to value life, protect life, in every circumstance, even a life that seems a waste, the Lord sees a potential. So let's value living. Yes to living, no to killing. The founder of Prison Fellowship was in a meeting with the chairman of, of a publishing company, a media giant who boasted that our company was instrumental in the removal of the commandments from the walls of our public schools. In this meeting, someone said, well, why did you think that was important? And he offered this answer. He says, because the commandments offended other religions, and we must not offend other religions, and we must separate church and state. Later in the meeting, the same executive brought up the subject of juvenile crime. And he said, theft is increasing at an alarming rate. We need to think of some way to teach our kids that stealing is wrong. Someone spoke up and said, maybe we should put a sign on the wall in the school that says, you shall not steal. Without missing a beat, the guy says, that's a great idea. My friends, this hard, isn't it? It's hard. The commandments have always been a good idea. And they represent a guidebook on how to live our lives and how to form a better society. To me, that crosses religion and crosses the boundaries that are set between church and state. The state should want to encourage good morals and should want to encourage uh, a just and better society. Now this commandment about stealing carries lots of other connotations that I think lots sometimes people forget. For example, there's the stealing of human life. There's the stealing of another's heart for destructive purposes. 
and there's the stealing of the wealth and of a society. But I guess I've had the most experience observing the stealing of property. And I know that's what comes to most people's minds. As you may remember, in my first half of my working career, I was involved quite a bit in that line of work. And I will tell you right now that the people who violate this command come in all shapes and sizes, all ethnic backgrounds, all walks of life, and unfortunately, all ages. And I say unfortunately because many older people still just as bad as younger people. Someone once said that folks were old folks were worth a fortune. They had silver in their hair, and gold in their teeth, stones in their kidneys, lead in their feet, and gas in their stomachs. Well, that's probably true. But I'm here to tell you that they still, just like everyone else, they're prone to sin like everybody else. Unfortunately, I had many opportunities to confront people in all walks of life and all sizes in, in this time that I had, and I got to see them people stealing property. I want to tell you just a couple of them that stuck in my mind as I was thinking about this. One was one day we, there was an elderly Baptist preacher, and I'm glad he wasn't a Methodist preacher, he was a Baptist preacher, that had his pockets stuffed full of super glue when he was stopped. It seemed that he suffered from a, an addiction. And he, of course, broke down and cried when he was arrested. I'll never forget the situation where we stopped a couple that had over $1,000 worth of tools stuffed into this lady's bag she was carrying. In the process of stopping them and detaining them till the police came, they were arrested. And a couple hours later, a police car showed back up at the store with an arrest warrant for me. I said, what is going on? And they said, well, they posted bail, but on the way out, they charged you with assault because <laughs> you had stopped them and detained them and held them. Well, I want you to know that they never showed back up for court, but I had to go to the courthouse three times to get my name cleared on that assault charge. That's the kind of situations that you have with people who violate this command. And finally, I want to tell you about this meeting I had with a famous Olympic star. I'm not going to tell you her name. Uh, I was working in Clarksville, Tennessee at the time, and she proceeded to call me everything in the book and cuss me out in so many different ways because we had stopped her nephew for shoplifting. And she thought I should give him a break because she was who she was. There's only one problem. I told her I didn't care if she was Rudolph the reindeer. I was going to, stealing is stealing. And the Lord said, thou shalt not steal. And so we had him arrested. You know, someone once said that the reason the stars are in the heavens is that we cannot get our hands on them. And I, I think that's probably true. We all have a bent to stealing, a bent to sin. And we have to, like every other bent to sin, we have to keep it in check by staying connected to Jesus Christ. My first example of this comes in my own life. As a child, I went to the grocery store with my grandmother. When we got home, I, I pulled out this pack of candles that I had unfortunately put in my pocket while we were shopping. She didn't know that. I hadn't paid for them. I don't know what I was thinking, but I do know that when I was outside playing in, with mud pies and stuff, as kids sometimes will do, and I started putting those little birthday candles on my mud pie and she saw them, uh, I learned a real lesson about shoplifting as we went back to the store to return those candles. Thou shalt not steal. I think we all feel pretty good about this commandment. But we need to remember that failing to pay a bill, fudging on taxes, conducting personal business on company time, carrying off a few supplies, this is still taking what rightfully belongs to someone else.
and as a violation of this command. I think every one of us are guilty, probably, of some of that. And then there is this word from God that I don't know that anybody cares much to hear, but here it is. It's found in Malachi in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 8, and God says, Will anyone rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, How are we robbing you? And God replies, In your tithes and offerings. Thou shalt not steal. He it manifests itself in many forms. In this case, the Lord thought that the fact that we don't support his temple and his church properly is a way of stealing. So, the best way, in my opinion, to look at the commandments is to look at for something positive. When you say yes to living, think about all the connotations that means and no killing. And when you say yes to giving and no stealing, think about all the connotations that that is. Because in effect, giving is the opposite of stealing. And so maybe this is what comes closest to understanding God's mind when he gave this command. For a society that cares about everyone's uh, access to opportunity is a just society one worthy of being called God's kingdom on earth. And just maybe, if we said yes to giving more, there'd be no stealing. And maybe if we said yes to living more, there'd be no killing. So, I hope that you'll look at these two commands a little differently this day, and that you will share uh, God's love by saying no to killing and yes to living and by saying yes to giving and no to stealing. I pray that God has helped you with these commands as we've looked through them, these what I call tender commands. Now next week, as I said, we will finalize the last two, thou shalt not commit adultery and thou shalt not covet, which those two, of course, connect quite a bit. So I hope I see you next week when we finalize uh, these, uh, ser this sermon series. And then the week after that, just so you'll know, I want you to keep this in your, on your calendars. May the 17th is Confirmation Sunday. And we'll have those young people who've went through the confirmation classes with me who are up at uh, Lake Junaluska right now with Paige and Robbie. And they will be here uh, along with uh, Katie because they graduate from her program into the youth program. And we will have the confirmation laying on hands and the parents and, and everything, the service that we have every year with confirmation. I hope you'll be here to support those young people as they make this transition into the full life of the church. That's May the 17th. All right. Let's stand and sing our closing hymn.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day forever. Amen. Yeah.